Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of October 14th, 2018. The podcast that takes out other people's garbage. This is your host, Shane Killian, and returning this week is Charles Thomas. Welcome back, Charlie. It's been a while, ladies and gentlemen, and so hopefully you didn't miss my voice too terribly. Let's de-emphasize the news of the bogus. And this first one is really just a more up-to-date story about something we covered a while back. We keep saying it, the dose makes the poison, there are no toxic substances, only toxic doses, and so on. So many people seem to think that this somehow doesn't apply to radiation, but it does. The media says, any poor bit of radiation is going to kill you. Or give you superpowers. <laughs> Either way, I can, you're going to be in for a bad time. So we can get reliable data about high doses of radiation and the deleterious biological effects that it has. It's harder to get that information about low doses, since lower doses have lower responses. At very low doses, whatever symptoms and effects you're looking for just get lost in the noise. But when you look at the science and such, which is not, well interesting or sexy or anything else you see that you know what the small bit of radiation is not terrible for you i mean we still have we have x-rays and stuff like that you know they go up radiation sunlight gives off a little bit of radiation that don't, don't microwaves do too well microwaves are not ionizing radiation which is what we're talking about we're talking about basically like ultraviolet and up and x-rays and they're above the visible light spectrum, and microwaves are below the visible light spectrum, so it's not the same kind of thing. Microwave, your body just basically ignores microwaves. But as we discussed before, the way most people think this works, and the way governments consider it to work, is something called the linear non-threshold model. The idea is that you look at the reliable data, assume that it's always going to have positive effects at any positive value, and draw your regression line through there, but built into this is the assumption that even small amounts of radiation have at least small health risks, even if there's no data supporting that. Scientists more often support the linear threshold model, where the line crosses zero for a small but still positive amount of radiation. In other words, for small amounts of radiation at that level and lower, the health risk is zero, and that level seems to be 0.1 sieverts, which is about 33 times the radiation you get in the U.S. from natural sources and about a 1,000 times that of a chest X-ray. But the question was always, what happens below that level? Do smaller amounts of radiation have no effect at all, or might they have a beneficial effect? The latest studies from New Mexico State University suggest the latter. They looked at bacterial cells, protozoa, yeast, mammalian cells, and human lung cells. And this is important not only because of the natural and artificial levels that we experience all the time, but we're also talking about the levels in the areas surrounding the Fukushima plant. And it just seems, again, this information doesn't get into the mainstream enough. It's, it's kind of sad, actually. Well, I mean, even with the government, we've talked before about how, you know, they've had people evacuated and living as refugees for like seven years when they could have moved back a long time ago. Yeah, but... It, it just, again, misinformation. It's that fear. Radiation. Terrible. It's still in that little part of the brain and such thinking, 
you know, oh my gosh, radiation, that means, oh, you're, you're, you're pretty much going to get cancer and die. So they looked at repair and response mechanisms for these cells and found they actually respond quite well to low doses of radiation. Turns out there are hundreds of genes creating and controlling a lot of proteins that respond to it, and the upshot of it all is that small amounts of radiation appear to actually be healthy, more so than if you, like, put yourself in a lead room and didn't receive any radiation at all. And that kind of makes sense when you think that, you know, the environment our ancestors evolved in, you know, had these small amounts of radiation in it. Interesting. So as we've covered before, the current policy of governments insisting on huge protections against absurdly low radiation levels has harms of its own, not to mention expense. We just need to get over this completely irrational fear of low radiation doses. This terrible stigma that radiation has is the reason why we're still stuck on coal. Oh, yeah. And, and thank you, environmentalists, for that. I mean, people still point to Three Mile Island and, and such, but yet there was no people have died from that. I don't think anyone even got sick from that. Yeah. But the way the media, this green movement, and everyone's like, oh, we need to get rid of, okay, and then we got this dirty, horrible thing that actually does do harm to the planet and people, and coal, and now we're stuck with this stuff. And now we're pretty much stuck with all the stuff that's going on right now because we stuck with coal for how many years and fossil fuels. Oh, oh God, I was seeing something about France, and apparently... Something like 60% of the French population have been misled into thinking that nuclear power puts CO2 into the atmosphere. Mm. When it doesn't. Not one molecule. That, that's a shame. It's, again, how the media does these things. It's just like radiation, bad. We could have had a clean climate. But again, the fear of the radiation menace, which was just nothing but smoke and mirrors, has halted this stuff. And now, one from our stupid zoning tricks department, this time over the city of East Lansing, Michigan, for going against a homeowner because his driveway was too big. <laughs> How dare you have a flat thing on your property? The people must be protected! Oh. The property in question belongs to radiologist Michael Zydek, who sought a permit to put in a larger driveway so his family would have more room to park. They got a survey, obtained a permit from the government, tore up the old driveway, laid down the forms, called the cement truck, and the city put a stop to it. Yeah, wait, what? So he had the permit, right? He had the permit from the city. And yet, and then they, they just said, yeah. oh, sorry, we, we changed our minds. But I did all the stuff. I did everything. I, I did the stuff. I got the permits. I never did. I'm not, sorry. Changed our mind. Uh, we flipped the coin, and it said that it went tails, so I'm uh, sorry, you can't do anything for your driveway. Sorry. Yeah, it, it was on the marked up tail side. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry you wasted time. Oh, by the way, we're going to give you a nice fine, so uh, have a nice day. Well, the city said he needed to get a variance from the zoning board, so he did that. And then he got a new contractor, laid the forms, called the cement truck, and the city put a stop to it again. The reason why he forgot to sign the extra Z.5.4.3 H past three form that was right in the middle part of it <laughs> yeah zydek had to pay for two batches of concrete that couldn't be used i mean apparently even when the government says simon says they can take it back in an instant you you, you didn't do it right uh we had to go in even though you did do everything right and uh <laughs> you still get screwed so yeah well, the problem was that the city inspector didn't show up to make sure everything was okay, so eventually the inspector turned up, approved it, and the new driveway was laid out. 
and the city is still saying the driveway is illegal. <laughs> oh, gosh. They, they, they just can't take an L. No, no, <laughs> just, they just can't take a loss. No one. Just take the loss and move on. It's like, say, hey, you made a mistake. And we wouldn't even talk about it. Hey, okay, we move on. But no. Well, the thing that gets me about this is the reason it's happening, once again, we see this is trouble being stirred up by nosy neighbors. FOIA requests show a small group of Zydex neighbors wrote the city over and over again to put a stop to it. I mean, what is it with these people? They, they're not happy unless someone else is unhappy. That's what it is. It, it just seems like they sit there and they're like, oh, you got a big driveway. Oh, I, I, I can't get a big driveway. I need to call them up and make sure that, that, that they're unhappy too. I'm like, that's how we are just in this messed up position right now. So the whole thing was debated at the Zoning Board of Appeals a year ago, and supposedly they had made a decision once and for all the problem is no one can seem to decipher exactly what it was they had decided. According to Zydex attorney, quote, Even today, my client and I have no idea how to calculate the percentage coverage of pavement on a corner lot under East Lansing law. We have naturally been forced to rely on you and your inspectors who don't seem to understand how to perform the calculation either. So apparently there's some formula that says how big your driveway can be, but no one can figure it out. So his attorney is demanding compensation from the city. The city offered $1,500, but that's nowhere near enough to cover Zydex expenses. Quote, By my calculations, the city's errors have induced my client to spend approximately $18,650 for a driveway which would have cost $8,000 if he had not had the misfortune to build it in East Lansing. <sighs> this whole story, this will all go away if the city just say, you know what? You want your driveway, you did all the right stuff, there, done, and everyone can just move on. Well, at this point, the lawyer is saying that the city should be the one making the driveway. Quote, after my client's approval of the plan, which will not be unreasonably withheld, the city would be free to carry out the work however it wishes. That way, the city will have no target for its subsequent remorse and recrimination other than itself. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this all works out for the best, but can we please have more people asking the question of why we should need the government's approval to make a part of our own property flat? The, what would the government do then? I mean, they need to have these, like, micromanaging and screwing up people's lives, because if not, people might actually be like, oh, crap, we might not need the government for these situations and actually be more self-reliant. We can't have that now, can we? Well, here's a topic that's always fun to cover. Academics with integrity exposing bogus journals showing that they're in no way scientific and either aren't actually peer-reviewed or are peer-reviewed very badly. Helen Pluckrose, James Lindsay, and Peter Bogossian have done this kind of thing before. Last year, they submitted a paper to various journals called The Conceptual Penis, which argued that penises are responsible for climate change, and they actually got that published in a peer-reviewed academic journal. <laughs> <laughs> oh that is beautiful now they've had a paper published in gender place and culture one of the most influential women's studies journals about dog rape culture under the pseudonym helen wilson check this out from the paper quote 
Female dogs are relatively oppressed as a class compared with male dogs. Male dogs who discharge their sexual urges on other male dogs or on humans rather than females are disproportionately subject to physical punishment. And female dogs are intentionally subjected to real and ever-looming threats of canine rape. The parallels to human societies under feminist and queer theories are clear, especially within analogous human species in which straight, white, and or male dominance is the norm. <laughs> Using their own language against them is just, it never gets old. It never does. Oh, I love this bit. Quote, while I closely and respectfully examined the genitals of slightly fewer than 10,000 dogs, being careful not to cause alarm and moving away if any dog appeared uncomfortable, there is some relevant margin of error concerning my observations about their gender in some instances. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the trio released a video talking about their efforts to expose political corruption in respected academic journals, and the video is there in the link. Watch it. It is great. Well, three days after they exposed this corruption, the journal retracted the paper, not because the science in it is bogus, but because they couldn't confirm the author's identity. Guys, it's a bit late to do that kind of review now. It's sad that people online who have no really high document programs do this, and yet academic, uh, you know, professionals and the people who actually these papers help and do this is to figure out the, the sociology of humans and hopefully we can work things out together. They just say, ah, screw it. Anyone, it's a free for all. Just go ahead. We'll post it up. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, wait. Crap. <laughs> In a different case, they submitted a paper, Our Struggle is My Struggle, Solidarity Feminism as an Intersectional Reply to Neoliberal and Choice Feminism. To strong praise from academia, it was accepted after peer review by the respected feminist journal Aphilia, even though the paper was a rewrite of a chapter of Hitler's Mein Kampf. Oh, boy. <laughs> of course. Quote, this chapter is the one in which Hitler lays out in a multi-point plan, which we partially reproduced, why the Nazi party is needed and what it requires of its members. The first one-third of the paper is our own theoretical framing to make this attempt possible. So basically, they just, um, you know, put, instead of like Jews, they put like white men or anything else there. Yeah, they just changed the, 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 the main words around then They got them to publish Nazi propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because it's they it's just the same language and the same stuff. It's in there. It's in their own rhetoric, so they couldn't even notice it. So definitely watch their video. It's great to see academics supportive of the truth take down the woos. Unfortunately, there are still too few of the former and way too many of the latter. Well, here's hoping that changes soon enough. And now it's time to put a kick-me sign on the back of this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. And this week it goes to the Screen Composers Guild of Canada for wanting to, get this, tax the internet. This idea is nothing new, although it is completely stupid. Back in the day, the music industry got government to put a tax on blank CDs. The idea is that people use CDs to pirate music. So everyone, no matter what you're using the CD for, pays a tax to be given to the music industry to compensate for it. Yeah. I could be using my CD to, you know, record my own music or record audio or anything else. Or, 
Or put your own data files on it. Yep. Nope. I still had to pay a tax to basically pay for the music industry because they don't, they honestly are so single minded and such. Here's another example. You ever bought a camera like a DSLR and realized that you can't record more than 30 minutes of video at one time? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, my camera, which I still use, I can't record more than 20 minutes. Because it's not a video camera. See, people use video cameras to pirate movies, so when you sell a video camera, which is defined as something that records more than 30 minutes of video at a time, there is an international tariff levied against it to compensate the movie industry. Great. So... Instead of, you know, even though piracy does not really hurt the movie industry, as you've shown here and other, any other places, online and others, they say, no, we need to put tariffs, we need to put these things on uh, these uh, products, even though I don't use my video to record movies or anything else. I use it to basically record my vlogs, video reviews, panels, when I go to, uh, you know, conventions, interviews, and that's it. You do as well when you go out and do these like show you know, little stuff in your cameras. You have to pay a price just to, to basically have to say, "Oh crap, it's running twenty minutes." So we have to make sure we can. You have to ask the question over again, or we have to sit there and say, "Crap, we got to edit around this stuff instead of having a continuous video flow." Yeah, you know, it's almost as if it's all just a smokescreen so these companies can just get free money without having to do anything. Now nah, I'm just being cynical again. Well, well, you know, there's a bit of truth in that. But that's what the Guild is saying. They want a tax on all Internet use above 15 gigabytes a month because anyone using that much data must be pirating movies, right? I mean, it's not like watching YouTube for an hour every night will get you over that amount. But get this, they're even talking not just about piracy, but about legal uses. Quote, Minuscule revenue distribution is being reported by our members. Royalties from the large streaming services like Amazon and Netflix are 50 to 95% lower when compared to those from terrestrial broadcasters. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. You and your companies made a legal deal with Netflix and Amazon to broadcast your content. You should not be able to tax people by force, including people who aren't even watching your content just because you made a bad deal with someone. Again, they, anyone, these companies make a bad deal to go right to daddy government to fix these issues and the people always seem to suffer. I, if, if this was like in the United States or whatever, this, I would have to pay taxes for stuff that they don't watch, they don't support or anything else. It's just basically, uh, what's that word that people see that those same people hate? Oh yeah, welfare. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's corporate welfare. We're so poor and destitute. We, we're barely can only afford like one yacht this year. Yeah, how am I going to afford a fifth Olympic size swimming pool? Ugh. Get better deals, man. Better deals so you wouldn't have to be begging government. An ISP subscription levy that would provide a minimum or provide a basic 15 gigabytes of data per Canadian household a month that would be unlevied. Lots of room for households to be able to do internet transactions, business, share photos, download a few things, emails, no problem. Yeah, but watching a streaming service you've already paid money for, that's where we draw the line. Quote, when you're downloading and consuming over 15 gigabytes of data a month, you're likely streaming Spotify, you're likely streaming YouTube, you're likely streaming Netflix. So we think because the fan companies will not give us access to the numbers that they have, we have to apply a broad-based levy. They're forcing us to... Wah! The bad people are making us tax you by force! 
So what you're saying, if this stuff goes through, guess what? Even if they leave the platform, even if they don't want to do these services, they still have to pay a tax to support your terrible blow business because you just made a terrible deal. Yeah, look, you got a problem with Netflix or Amazon or Spotify not giving you the proper royalties? Take it up with them. But no, you want to double charge consumers for your content even if they're not watching any of it. No, 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 no. You're just going to go around and just, again, sneak around behind people's back and go to the government if you used guns to basically force people to pay taxes to basically supplement your businesses. That's, again, cowardly. Well, and I looked it up. There are all sorts of other things you can do that go over this limit. And your gamer, Charlie, back me up. The new Doom, 45 gigabyte download. Grand Theft Auto 5, 60 gigabytes. Halo 5, 100 gigabytes. Am I right? Oh, yes. You play a new game, that's what you're downloading. Pretty much. That's what it is. In fact, you have to download all the rest of the game, which I you know, personally don't like. But yeah. Yeah, and they're acting like the only thing you use this capacity for is watching their movies and listening to their music, and that's a load of crap. So all you Canadian Steam users are going to be paying for content you don't watch. Yeah, even worse, I haven't listened to any, like, mainstream music other than stuff on the radio. And if this came in the United States, I would be paying for, like, for, you know, the latest bands and everything else, the bands I don't listen to. They're, you're basically eliminating choice from the free market. And, and I guarantee you, Shane, like, when this thing gets put through, they're going to still find a way to say, see, this is all because of capitalism. So all of that makes the Screen Composers Guild of Canada this week's biggest bogan emitter. And now let's perform an exorcism on this week's Idiot And before anyone says anything, I swear this isn't The Onion. From everything I could tell, the Irish Examiner isn't a parody news site that seems to have actually originated from Reuters. They report that Pope Francis has blamed the Catholic sexual abuse scandals and the resulting divisions in the church on what else? Of course. It's not our fault. The devil made us do it. Oh, goodness. No, it's not a devil who did this, uh, these horrible things. It is complacency and incompetence and human maliciousness that caused it. Yeah, and, and hey, Papa, isn't your job to protect people from the devil? Well, time to pack it in, I guess. Let someone else give it a go for a while. Yeah, pretty much. In fact, I've actually talked to some Catholics who think that Pope Francis needs to go immediately. You know, he's busy basically trying to be the liberal's friend with all this stuff about climate change and build bridges, not borders and such. But when you look at this stuff here, the, the church divisions, the scandals, the sexual assaults, all this stuff that's still going on. Well, uh, the devil. It's all the devil's fault. I'm like, come on, man. Francis does, in fact, believe in a literal devil. Back in April, he wrote... We should not think of the devil as a myth, a representation, a symbol, a figure of speech, or an idea. This mistake would lead us to let down our guard, to grow careless, and end up more vulnerable. Well, too late on that front. Yeah. Well, this latest bounce started on August 11th when Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano wrote an 11-page statement accusing Francis of knowing about sexual misconduct and not doing anything about it. 
So immediately they attacked the accuser. A Vatican official said it was a, quote, political frame job devoid of real foundation. And according to Vigano, the Pope, quote, compared me to the great accuser, Satan, who sows scandal and division in the church, though without ever uttering my name. Personal responsibility. It is something that everyone has. And the Pope does not want to take any responsibility for any of the actions or inactions. And he has condoned the evils of the Catholic Church by being silent and not doing anything. And the people who have tried to were silenced. They were excommunicated, all this stuff. And it's a shame because the Catholic Church could be this positive force with good. Again, they do good things. But this stuff right here, if you continue to blame uh, other entities, other things and not look within you're not going to change anyone, and the, 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 the church, the Catholic Church, is not going to change. But have no fear, my friends. The Vatican is finally taking action against this decades, if not centuries-old scandal. They are calling upon every good and decent Catholic to take action by reciting the rosary and praying to St. Michael. <sighs> Boy, I feel better already! You know, and then you wonder why people have dropped from the Catholic Church. You know, young people have not listened to the Catholic Church in so long. It's just this stuff right here. So all of that makes Pope Francis this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this They Took Out All the Pews edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast.bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate to Shane DK on PayPal, or if you want to use crypto, you can donate at altcoins.bogosity.tv. You can also support Shane DK on Patreon to get the podcast and my YouTube videos early and ad-free. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Charles Thomas for joining me. No problem, man. Until next time, here's a quote from Frank Herbert. As with all priests, you learned early to call the truth heresy. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Node Ribbit's 4.0 International License. Bogosity.